Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. With me today is Jennifer Oxborough. She's the executive director of the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition, and we're talking about how the coronavirus is impacting our communities and increasing domestic violence. And I do worry, Jennifer, when I hear you say um, you're getting, you've seen an increase of more than 50% in the number of calls you're getting from people reaching out. Do we have the resources available to really help everyone? We do. Confidential help is available 24-7, Maria. Um, we can talk to people in over 100 different languages through our link line. And we call it our link line because we link back to a network of sister programs across the state. There are 13 comprehensive, community-based, non-government programs across Utah that are available to help. If one program is at capacity or can't meet the needs of someone in that community, we have resources to help people get to a different program um, that can help them. And we can do a lot of this work remotely, too. Um, We can work with people through telehealth. We can work with people through phone calls. We have outreach centers. So, yes, absolutely, um, we are working hard, and there are additional demands on our programs, but help is always available. So please reach out to us. We, we, We care, and we want to be there for people. Excuse me, who should be reaching out to you? Who are those folks that really need to be reaching out, getting help that that may not be? So some of the most significant risk factors for lethal intimate partner violence include, um, based on research from the Department of Justice and Johns Hopkins University, uh, the lethality assessment protocol tool that we use here indicates that some of the biggest risk factors include If the person who has been abusive or aggressive has um, really started to tighten up isolation and control, um, they're becoming physically aggressive in the presence of children, if they have a past history of physical violence within their family system, certainly if they have access to lethal means, especially a firearm, can exacerbate uh, lethal violence risk for a female intimate partner by about 500%. So if there's a firearm in the home, we need to take that very seriously if risk is going up. Also, if there's a past history of strangulation or some people will say that they've been choked by an intimate partner, um, that can be very significant too. Um, and if, and this is a serious issue in Utah as well, if the violent aggressor um, has a history of suicide risk, these are things that we really need to pay attention to um, and get people connected and prioritized for help. And sometimes people living in those situations where it's been happening over time or gradually don't recognize that. Um, please reach out to us. We can, 
we can provide help and an assessment 24-7 for free. We have isolated families. Um, so people who would typically see or get cues that something is going on in a family, like teachers or neighbors, aren't getting those cues that maybe someone needs help. What can you tell people who have loved ones that they might be concerned about? What kinds of things should they be doing to maybe help? Call us and talk to us. If you are worried about a loved one, a sister, a neighbor, um, you know, someone you used to see at church who you haven't heard from, um, if something feels off to you and you want some ideas about how to start a conversation in a trauma-informed, safe way, um, call us and our, our professional advocates can help understand what's going on, and they can give you some pointers on how to start that conversation um, and and help people feel safe to um, engage in a conversation with you and hopefully with a professional advocate. We take a lot of calls from um, professionals, from community members who are concerned. Um, So if you are engaging with someone, someone that you care about, and they seem to be more isolated, if something feels off to you, um, if they're indicating some of the risk factors that we've talked about today um, and, and you're unsure how to start that conversation, call us and we'll, we'll help you figure out a way to safely engage um, and get people referred back to services. Right. It would seem that this would be a time that we should encourage people to actually reach out to people, reach out to more people, especially those they're concerned about. Yes, definitely. And again, just to stress a point I made earlier, um, sometimes survivors will be hesitant to engage, and it's because maybe an abusive partner is tightly monitoring their phone or their text messages or their emails. Um, so be really sensitive to that, too, um, and, and always follow you know, the, the survivor's lead on what they need to do to, to plan for their safety. We have just a few minutes left. Uh, what would be some words of advice or things that you would like to leave us with that can help folks? You know, help is always there. I I worry sometimes when we talk about um, the stress on our programs that people might feel hesitant to reach out for help or they might feel like they might be turned away um, or that their situation isn't as extreme as someone else. Um, Regardless of what's going on, we want you to know that we're here and we care and free confidential help is available 24-7. So please, please, please know that that we believe you, we understand, and we care. And that's true for everyone. We want to work on this whole issue. So um, also true for people who may need some help managing their stress and their abusive or controlling tendencies. Um, We care about you, too, and we know that we can change and improve things. Working as a team, we've improved our domestic violence homicide rate for two years in a row with this teamwork. So we know that Utah can make change happen, and we can improve safety overall if we keep working together. Jennifer, thank you so much. Let me give that free confidential statewide uh, support line again. This is where you can get resources 24-7, 1-800-897-LINK or 1-800-897-5465. And Jennifer, thank you.